What's up, y'all? It's your host, JP Flores. Welcome to the third episode of From Where Does It Stem? Our music today is brought by the Interesting Hobbies Club. They are a four-piece band out of Occidental College in Los Angeles, California. They are made up of Jules Caspel, Max Young, Parker Cap, and Alex Pritchett. Formed in September of 2019, the indie rock band released their debut album, The State of Being Here, in July 2020, which can be found on any music streaming platform. They can't wait to play live shows again, and they hope to eventually start touring. This is one of my favorite songs in the album. It hurts, but it's true. I'm gonna record the reference. Here we go. On this week's episode, I got the opportunity to interview a long-lost friend, Amanda Finn. We both graduated from high schools in Santa Clarita, California, and her journey includes going to the local community college, College of the Canyons, and eventually going to Cal State University, Long Beach, where she found her love for research. I wasn't too close with Amanda in high school, but nonetheless, I am extremely proud of who she is and who she's about to be, and I'm honored to share her story and be her friend. My name is Amanda and I'm a fourth year student at Cal State Long Beach. I am a kinesiology major. Um, my specialty is exercise science and my minor is chemistry. I grew up in the same, I don't know if it would be the same city, but I went to the same like junior high and high school for a little bit as JP. Represent. So, yeah, from, from, uh, from Santa Clarita, California. And after high school, I went to community college, so College of the Canyons, and I got my associates there. I did a cross country and track starting in 10th grade in high school. And then I also did two years at the community college. And that honestly was like, that's, that's one of the things that really defines me is just becoming a runner. It really gave me a lot of confidence and it made me see like, I can be good at something in sports, right? So then I went from the College of the Canyons, the community college, to Cal State University, Long Beach. I moved to Long Beach, so that was the first time living on my own. And then COVID struck. And <laughs> unfortunately, that was around the time I finally started realizing my passion for research. So I haven't really gotten a lot of time in the lab, but luckily my PI and my current work right now, it's been adapted to COVID restrictions and there might be a chance that we'll get to work in the lab in the future. But even if we don't, I'm just looking forward to my next steps in graduate school. And my goal is to become a professor and do research specifically on, at the moment, I'm interested in gut hormones and how to help type 2 diabetics with weight loss, but also keeping in mind their uh, psychological health. And a fun fact. Oh, yeah. Um, a fun <laughs> fact, I got into embroidery and I've been doing little anatomy embroideries. So like <laughs> I made like a little sarcomere. I made a nephron. I sewed like a so THC, THC molecule from, uh, for like one of my friends on a pot holder. So it was like a pot, <laughs> pot holder. And I'm just trying to think of more things to sew, but <laughs> that's, like, that's like a little hobby I started during COVID. Yeah, we can have listeners kind of like send you suggestions, you know, <laughs> just, this is her email. Yeah. 
tell her what to embroider now. It's, it's weird because like most of the little projects I do, they don't take very long, but I get to a point where it's like, okay, just 20 more minutes and you'll finish. And then that's where it, like, it stays in my closet for like two weeks because I just, <laughs> I procrastinate about finishing the project. It's really satisfying to see it done. Yeah, oh, it's probably a great brain break for when you're doing classes and stuff too. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've noticed I started becoming a little bit more artsy or like artistic scientists uh, who art (laughs) (laughs) yeah no starting when covid happened it's like oh great i mean i'm not gonna study uh, all the time yeah but yeah like exercising embroidery those are my personality traits (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um i guess 661 represent for sure can you tell us a little more about your upbringings and how that kind of shaped you yeah so I grew up in, well, I was born in Redondo Beach, like South Bay. And when I was five and starting kindergarten, I moved to Santa Clarita. So that's where I was for the majority of my life. Like Santa Clarita is like a predominantly white and conservative city. And my family is conservative and Catholic. Church was a big, um, a big part of my life growing up. I was a lector. If you're Catholic, that's like you do readings in church. And honestly, that helped me with public speaking a lot because just, you know, reading to a pretty large church, it helped me with being able to kind of read and like skim and just project my voice and sound confident. And, you know, I'm like the vessel for, no, no, but I was was like, you know, they tell you, they're like, you're the vessel of, you know, the word of God and all that. So, so it just, it helped me where I noticed like, okay, I can talk in class much easier to like 30 kids versus, you know, hundreds in the church. But my religious background, definitely, it influenced my morals a lot. My Hispanic background was another thing. My mom, she was an immigrant from Honduras. So she came when she was 21. She didn't have like a plan B. Like it was just, you know, I'm coming to the US on like someone else's visa. So like I have to, I have to be in the United States, try to work and not get deported. Um, When she married my dad, that's how she got her citizenship. But she said she was really like in for a culture shock when she came to the US and it wasn't, you know, on Little House on the Prairie. That's but that's what she watched in uh, in Honduras growing up. But she said, you know, like, okay, this is like Inglewood in Los Angeles. She's like, okay, this is uh, this is not the land of opportunity I imagined. She felt <laughs> like if she had kids here, like they would have to succeed. She couldn't really have a career. So what she did is she was a stay-at-home mom and she was a great stay-at-home mom. Like she would always cook, clean, like take us to our sports, everything. So my mom was a big uh, influence on me becoming I guess like not literate but she was very very much for pushing for me and my literacy to be fluent in Spanish and English when I was a little kid to be able to write and read um, at a high level and to just overall be strong academically because that's the kind of future she saw for me and for the rest of my siblings. But being the oldest, I don't know if you have any siblings. Being the oldest, the parents are like, okay, we can't mess up on this one. So so they were like extra hard (laughs) on me. That was me in high school. And I was pretty quiet. Like I would just do my, do school. And then when I joined cross country, I'd do cross country. And that was it. I had a small group of friends. I didn't really like want to party or go to dances or football games or anything like that. And then life took a turn for the worse when I was a junior in high school because my mom was diagnosed with stage four cervical cancer. And that year of my life, junior year, she was, you know, going to the doctors, going to the hospital, getting surgeries 
raised hand. I just was trying to live as if nothing was happening because I felt like, like if things go, if things go really wrong, I want to at least have a solid ground to be able to keep moving wherever I end up going to college. So staying cross country and having a good group of friends there was the thing that saved me. Like running, I, I don't really mean like, I wasn't suicidal necessarily, but running saved me mentally and physically. It gave me something to work on. School gave me something to focus on. So when she passed away when I was a senior, I had a good support system. I had good teachers and I was able to just keep moving forward as I was grieving. Going to community college, it was a difficult choice because at the time, it's hard to live in the same house where, you know, your mom isn't there, your family's like pretty apathetic um, and depressed, but it saved me money and it gave me time to be able to work to just figure out what I wanted to do before just throwing myself out at a random university because I wasn't ready to go to college yet. And I thought I was, but you know, I wasn't. So Going to COC, I know people kind of have stigmas sometimes against community college. I, 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 felt, so I felt that in my high school, especially among people with like good GPAs. It wasn't something that, you know, a lot of kids were like, yeah, I'm just going to go to community college. It was like, I'd rather go to Cal State Northridge. Not that that's a bad school, but like, I'd rather just go to a, you know, like a Cal State instead of go to COC and then make a, make a step later to maybe a, maybe a school that's more of a reach. Yeah. I, I mean, so first things first, I, I do want to say thank you for that vulnerability. Just a little disclaimer, me and Amanda were not super, super close, but we had a lot of classes together. I don't think Amanda knows, I don't think you know, <laughs> that I actually respected you so much because you were always like, you always seemed like you were on top of your school. And I remember when you were dealing with all of that stuff. And in the back of my mind, I was just like, man, like, I don't know how I can reach out and support you because we weren't, because we weren't yeah, that close. Yeah. You know, but, but, but I knew you and like, we had so many classes together. So I just wanted to let you know, like air that out. Like I had so much respect for you and like, I knew you were always on top of your stuff. And I thought that, I thought that we were similar in the way that like we grinded in our schoolwork and our sports, right? Like I was a baseball player yeah, yeah. as well, but I did want to say that, but I also want to say that not everyone's path is the same. So for example, a lot of the stigma around community colleges that you're talking about, it really disheartens me because people don't know what you're going through. You know, not only are you dealing with the stuff with your, your mom and another thing is like, you don't know what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. So a lot of my friends, they would always be like, yeah, they're going to COC. Like, what is that mm -hmm. going to do? And I'm like, well, you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? and, yeah. and, and when you said that, it's just like, it just hit me hard, super hard. Cause you're one of those people, you know, that I wish I can just be like, no, but this is Amanda's case. Like you can't tell me and look me in the eye and say that she's not deserving of going to a prestigious four-year university when she's dealing with all of this. Yeah. Right? And so, I, I think like you should, you shouldn't need to have a explanation. I'm not saying like, I feel like that's what you were implying, but you know, it's like, yes, for some people, maybe they were, they were going to go to this, you know, this really, really prestigious school. And then they had a tragedy and they just had to take a step back. But for some people, they could be, you know, like, like a 4.5 GPA, like doing great. Mm -hmm. And the only thing is maybe they just wanted to save money. Maybe they like living at right. home and they don't want to leave yet. So right. I, I just feel like there was always kind of people would ask me, where are you going to college? And I'd say community college. And then I felt like I kind of had to add on like a, well, it's because of this or it's, you know, I, see, like since my mom died, this and this, 
just to kind of justify it. Like you don't have to justify right. like an excuse. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to, you don't have to give an excuse of where you're, where you're taking your education. It's like, it's your life. Like, and I don't know if it's different in other communities, but I think I remember one of the other episodes, it was like going to a college at all was like such a great accomplishment. Whereas in our city, because people are a little bit more affluent, you know, the, the place where you went, if it wasn't somewhere that, you know, you had to be very rich to go to, that or might not reflect, going to Yale. <laughs> yeah, that might like reflect for you or, you know, you didn't get scholarships for this school or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's like, no, I just, maybe I didn't want to, maybe right. I don't want to go somewhere like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about weed out classes and that cutthroat environment, it, it starts in that, at that level, right? The middle school, high school level. So it's, it's something else. <laughs> no, it, like it's so frustrating. Like the APs and the honors, like yeah, it's it's right. like little. It's like we're all just like a little pre med environment that like some of us in bio feel when we're in university, but it's like the high school like honors and AP students where it's like I'm like just strategically like how am I going to boost my GPA? Like I'm not going to take that class because it's not an honors class, even though it might be interesting. Right. It's like uh, can we just like try to try to make ourselves smarter and like more happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, Can we strive yeah. for student excellence and not try to compete with each other 24 seven? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so Cal State Long Beach, right? So we are going down the community college route and you decided to go to Cal State Long Beach. Can you walk me through that process? Why, why did you choose Cal State Long Beach? Uh, so we had a great counselor. Um, if you were in academics at uh, College of the Kingins, they would set you up with a counselor because, you know, you're an athlete. So you're a little bit more priority, <laughs> I guess, than the rest sure. of the students to sure. get out on time. <laughs> um, but right, right. Um, I benefited from that. My counselor, he was giving me some of the better schools in California for kinesiology. And one of them was Cal State Long Beach. And so he told me, you know, if you want to be competitive for Long Beach, you have to take and he's like listing off all these classes. And I decided like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so I took like 21 units my spring semester of my sophomore year on top of track. And I was dying, but I managed to survive. I'm like, this is all it takes. And I got into Long Beach and I'm like, yes, yes, I made it. In my first semester of junior year, I'm looking at my classmates and I'm asking them like, you didn't take the second like gen physics. You didn't take the second gen chem. They're like, no. And I was like, oh my gosh, this wasn't necessary. But it was good because it, it led to me finishing a lot of the gen eds really early. Right. Yeah, Long Beach was Long Beach was basically the most competitive school that I was looking to apply to for um, kinesiology. So I just decided like I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that school, knock out all these gen eds, and then I didn't really have very many other schools I wanted to go to, to be honest. Right. Okay. But yeah. So, so were you thinking? Were you already like pre med going into Long Beach State, or was this before yeah. COC even? So before you're going COC. into Long Beach State. Uh, oh, you were pre-med going into COC. Yeah, yeah. I was pre-med, but I was uh, majoring in kinesiology. Gotcha. So do you want to talk about why you kind of strived away from that pre-med track a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Actually. <laughs> you got some words to say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I got some tea to spill. Um, I do have some tea actually right here. But I wanted nice. to be a podiatrist. And podiatrists foot doctors and I heard all the foot fetish jokes from everybody and I'm like if I had a foot fetish I wouldn't want to see diabetic ulcers okay (laughs) but uh, but I just thought 
Podiatry was interesting because it's like people with diabetes or athletes or whoever, like older people, your feet get messed up. You're, you can get an ingrown toenail, you can get ulcers, you can have neuropathy, which means that you don't even feel your feet and then you end up hurting yourself. It gets infected. You could get an, you could need an amputation. So I was just kind of morbidly fascinated by all the things that could go wrong with your feet. And I shadowed a podiatrist in community college and I'm like, yes, yes, this is awesome. Like this is disgusting and awesome and I wanna do this. And in community college, I was a kines major. I started out as a bio major because I thought like, this is better for pre-meds, right? Like biology. But my my Calc 2 class, it, it killed me. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's always the maths and like the physics <laughs> and the chems, I swear. <laughs> but this is um, an example of the weed out class. My Calc 2 professor was like, okay, this class, the best student will get an 80%. And we're like, oh, so are you curving it? And he's like, no. And then halfway through the semester, because for athletes, you had to show like show your coach your grades. So I had to get him to sign a paper. And he's like, oh, wow, like you have a like a 70 something percent in the class. Like, that's really good. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh wait, so so I'm going to get a C like for the class. Right. And I'm just thinking like, God, my GPA, like whatever. <laughs> he's like, yeah. And it was such a struggle. Like, I'm telling you, like I had to study like every single night for that calc class. Yeah. And I talked to my counselor. My counselor's like, well, if you go to Kines, you don't have to take calc. And it's kind of a joke that like a lot of kinesiology majors are kinesiology majors because you don't need calc. And oh so <laughs> I was kind of, I was low key one of those. I do really like kinesiology, but it was the yeah. calculus. The calculus was the last, it was the last director. It was like, go to kinesiology, please. Like your GPA right. cannot handle biology apparently. And so. <laughs> but it can, I'll tell you right now it can. <laughs> I mean, it, it could like, whatever at the end of the at the end of the day i would have been fine but i i withdrew from calc that's a w in my transcript but <laughs> luckily it's not a class i need anymore so it's cool and i did kines that was my uh, associate's degree going to long beach now i was still pre-med so you can apply to med school with any major but mm -hmm. you just have to take certain classes to be able to you know get into the schools to do well in the mcat and depends on your extracurriculars all that so right. I was taking like OCHEM, like I was, I was taking classes outside of kinesiology to make sure I would be good for med school. And I got into a research lab for kinesiology. So I was just observing and I was talking to one of the professors a lot and he was just really like, he wasn't meaning to, but he was just really selling research as like, oh, this is something so cool. And he, he gave me contact to a grad student. This grad student might need your help. Why don't you ask him? So I did. That grad student didn't need my help for the thesis. And that was where, like, it just it just kept going. We're like, okay, I met that grad student. I'm helping him with his research. I'm like, okay, like, ex exercise physiology is cool. Biomechanics is cool. I started going to more lab meetings for the um, exercise physiology lab. And that was when I started to meet more of those professors. And I still was, like, in my head, no, I'm pre-med. I'm pre-med. But there's a program, there's a program at Cal State Long Beach called um, BUILD. So it's like the NIH, in some of the schools, they fund undergraduate research for some underrepresented groups. Mm -hmm. So I, one of the professors told me, you should apply for this and, you know, they'll, they'll fund and you'll do some research and you'll have a mentor. So I got a faculty mentor. I was doing this application and I was still pre-med, but then... One day I went to a coffee shop and I just was like, hmm, I kind of want to read an article about like glucose uptake just for fun. 
And yes. fast, forward, fast forward four hours and I have like, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if you've seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that like meme with Charlie and he has yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, the board with like all the red lines. So that was, that was me and I'm just like, I'm like, wait, so like this thing can, like this thing can improve for diabetics, but then this thing doesn't, but then how does this process work? And I'm just like going deeper Light and deeper. And, it, and, and I was like, I need to talk to somebody. So I started talking to one of the, one of the faculty from kinesiology and we started meeting weekly because I just had questions every week. Like I'm like, okay, so what about this? So what about that? We ended up writing a study. And then I was like, no, I, I don't wanna be a doctor. I wanna be a researcher. I wanna research what could help diabetics. I don't want to be the one that says, sorry, man, like we're cutting off your toes because, yeah, right? you, know, because you couldn't, you couldn't you know, do things um, to help with your condition earlier. I want to try to like alleviate their symptoms or alleviate, like help them lose weight before it gets to the point where they're gonna die. And it's, it's more fun for me to try to ask questions than just accept information, memorize, analyze, and then like spit it out for an exam. Like I wanna create knowledge, you know, like, and, it, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be like, you know, the best, like I'm not expecting, you know, whatever I end up like researching to be like groundbreaking, but just creating like a tiny bit of knowledge. Like maybe we, maybe we thought this was a pathway that works a certain way, but there might be a little bit more nuances. I want to help find little nuances, at, you know, at the bare minimum. And that was, it was honestly that one paper about uh, glucose uptake that got me where I'm like, no, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Well, Amanda, you'd technically be a doctor. Oh, no, well, I would, but I just mean, <laughs> when I say MD, that, I just mean right? MD, but yeah, what yeah, I tell yeah. my friends, because some of my friends, they, they're a little salty, as like, as a joke, they're like, wow, Amanda, like, giving up on going to med school, I'm like, I'll still be a doctor, but then they say, yeah. you'll have to, like, is anyone a doctor? I'll have to be like, technically, yes, <laughs> but I can't do anything, <laughs> I can't that's do anything. Right. <laughs> like, I can write an article about whatever happens, that's it. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's kind of how I got into research too. I just kind of like asked professors, visited different labs and things like that. So now I'm doing research on cone snail venom. It's like in high school, when we were in, in honors English together, who would have ever thought that we'd actually want to pursue research? Right? I was going to say, I was like, I remember you were in what, Ataya? Ataya, yeah. This is Ataya's class, who's now at Castaic High School. <laughs> Dude, I, I really have to say, like, shout out to Mrs. Ataya. She's the reason I didn't just become apathetic and how to like For learn how to write because uh not gonna name any names but the rest of my teachers like after 10th grade I didn't really feel like they pushed me to be a better writer but yeah. whoever whoever may have her in the future you're lucky yeah I mean no, no shade to Santa Clarita at all <laughs> it's just not our favorite place that's <laughs> that's yeah. it no cap <laughs> yeah yeah but so you were exposed to all these different research opportunities at Cal State Long Beach right uh, biomechanics yeah. exercise phys did you end up finding like a home, like a, a certain research lab that just, you were just blown away and you just decided, you know what, I'm staying here. And if so, what kind of research were you doing? I was in denial about being into exercise physiology <laughs> because my first, my first experience was in biomechanics and I spent the most time there. So I was like, this is my home. This is my home. But the problems that I was trying to understand were, or could be better answered with physiology. So I didn't really well, get a chance. Glucose uptake, right? <laughs> yeah, glucose. Um, I didn't really get a chance to do research in the, it's called the PEX lab. So um, I didn't get a chance to do research in the PEX lab, but that's where I would be doing research if I could. And mm. I just feel, 
most at home there because like the other people that are also part of the lab so like grad students the professors undergrad students we're all like a very like accepting community but also super driven so when we have our lab meetings it's like every person shares what they're doing and each person that shares i'm just blown away and they could be like a really good friend and during the lab meeting they bring up a project they're doing and i'm like Whoa! and you're like i'm like you never told me that and they're, they're just they're all humble they're like oh yeah like uh, i wasn't ready to talk about it yet and oh so my gosh. it just feels so powerful. like you just feel like empowered uplifted right and people are chill too so like yeah and everyone likes working out <laughs> so that's also <laughs> yeah. a plus so mentorship played a, a huge role in this right yeah yeah and so did do you have any like can you say more about maybe um your mentor i guess or mentors and the different communities that you've been a part of and different ways in which you felt support especially after you know hearing those things at coc with your counselor um coming out of Santa Clarita. <laughs> yeah. So I think this kind of goes into like a little bit of advice that I want to give like students who maybe transfer or maybe are just realizing what they want to do while they're still an undergrad. When I transferred to Cal State Long Beach, the first mentor that I found was Dr. Valenzuela from the biomechanics lab. And I, I just decided like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get like more information about his lab. Like, I just want to like get a little bit of mentorship from him if he'll let me. So my advice is really like talk to your professors. Like you hear that a lot, but really, like, I mean, like really like try to make an impression, like maybe go up to them after class, ask a little question, try to like test out, like, do they seem nice? Okay. Like I'll go to office hours, I'll ask them about their lab, whatever. Because through going to his lab, he just was really easy to talk to and he started letting me help out with the projects. So that was where I kind of started to feel the first time, like a little bit of autonomy in the lab where, you know, okay, like, like he wasn't really over me and the grad student's shoulder all the time. We could ask him questions, but we were still developing protocols for ourselves. And that was where I started to feel independent in the lab. And I got more confident. And I remember he made a joke like I would be the one that was recording times and it was really dependent on times for the research. Like a lot of different portions were like, okay, 15 seconds up, 30 seconds up. And I would just be yelling like in the lab, like, like no, no, you know, no, no sense of like staying. Like I'm just like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. And he's like, dang, like we got Sergeant Amanda in here. <laughs> and, and it's like, Aww. yeah. And I, I felt like with him, it was very easy to just ask questions, like even questions that I thought were stupid. And right. then I started talking to my current mentor, Dr. Schick. So with his research, I didn't have a class with him, but I was looking on ResearchGate. And I found some of the papers and I liked them. So I'm like, I'm going to email him. And, you know, we set up a meeting and he's the one that I started meeting with weekly just to talk about any, like any research questions, any science questions. And that was really, really beneficial because it was a, like a safe space in like a science way where I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, okay. Like these questions have to be super polished and I have to like, you know, study, study beforehand. Right. It was like, Hey, so, you know, this is a surgery I heard about, like, what do you know about it? And then I keep, you know, digging deeper, trying to figure out more. So it was very, is it conducive? Yeah, it was conducive. Yeah. It was, condu it was conducive to my growth as a research, as a research thinker. And then COVID happened. <laughs> 
And um, <laughs> I still well, though, still though through Zoom, like it was, it's been the same, like good environment. I was going to say, can you still like do maybe lit reviews or something over Zoom? Yeah. So what I did over the summer was a poster presentation and it was like a virtual one. Unfortunately, it had to be a review because <laughs> I didn't fine. have, I didn't have research to like report about, but it still was good practice. And right now we're working on like a paper. So we've adapted, unfortunately. Like, I'd rather be, you know, collecting data, but I'm still pretty passionate about, like, the writing and yeah. all that that goes into it. And you got to work with the times, you know, same, yeah. same thing with me. Like, I, I, we're also working on a publication. I've had to, like, move my work to R to create kind of like this remote workflow. But no, I, Amanda, I'm not going to lie. I'm proud of you. Like, you are not that, like, quiet person that you were in high school. No, you know? I know. <laughs> and I and I think this is awesome. Like you reached out to me on Twitter and I was like, wait, is this the same Amanda? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I literally I was so like reserved and shy. And yeah. I gotta thank cross country for, you know, bringing bringing the real me <laughs> out, I guess. Yeah. And all but, your experiences and your mentors, right? <laughs> yeah. Like community. I mean, I, I hope I'm a different person than I was when I was what, like fifteen? <laughs> Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but I remember like I saw your tweet and I was like, yeah, like why not? And then from remembering just what I knew about you, I was like, this should be chill. Like we don't have to know each other that this we we don't have to know each other that well. Like I didn't think fine. this was going to be awkward at all. I hope you know. No, <laughs> no, and I was okay. I was just a little bit like nervous but like good nervous like yeah, right. it'll be Well, fun. we haven't seen each other in what, 5 6 years? 5 years? Yeah. So? Yeah. Right. So with all of the experiences that you've faced, you're obviously changing as a person. You're finally realizing who you are. What would you have told your younger self at different stages in your life? So like elementary school, what would you have told yourself to keep yourself going? You know, at Rio Norte, when we were in middle school, oh <laughs> what would you have told yourself? <laughs> you know, at, at Valencia, going into COC. We can, we can go step by step, but... I'm just curious because I feel like you just really changed so much at different stages in your life. So I want I, I was curious, like, what would you tell yourself? Um, Put you on the spot there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would say elementary school me, I would tell myself, don't care about what other people think about you. Because when I was younger, like sixth grade, I'd say I was really insecure about like my clothes or like what people thought about I don't know, like, like what I what I did or what I thought was cool. Like, I remember people asking me like, what's your favorite music? And I didn't really listen to music. But I felt really like on the spot, like I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, I have to say something that like, they're not gonna think is weird. And now I'm like, who cares? And, and it's like, who cares? But then I really did care. And it's just like, that was so much time wasted. Yeah, I would tell myself like, don't care. It it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're not going to see half these people ever again. And moving on to middle school. Yeah, I baby Amanda school, just does not care. So baby Amanda yeah, will no. not care. <laughs> <laughs> um, middle school Amanda. Middle school Amanda. 
I, I stopped carrying war in middle school. So <laughs> it would be different advice that I'm trying to think. You're still a badass. Like I, I had that, like you were a badass person. Yeah. Um, because because in high school, it just seemed like, or even in middle school, it just seemed like you didn't care. So that really surprised <laughs> me when you said that about elementary school. Yeah. Like in middle school, like you were also just like, ah, I don't care. Like brush it off my shoulder kind of thing. <laughs> really? High school, I same felt, thing. Yeah. I didn't that was the vibe like... I got at least. <laughs> Well, that's good because I, I was yeah. like really insecure. Um, <laughs> I think, no, seventh to seventh to eighth grade, I remember like I, I really was like, I don't care. And I got super angsty, <laughs> like in my in my music and <laughs> my like whatever, like I got kind of like angsty, you know, like emo, whatever. I would say, of course, of course. I would say just like, I, I don't know what I would say to middle school me. I was, I was, it's okay. We I, can was skip high school. I was too weird. I was too weird. Like, we were still figuring things. I was out. still growing <laughs> as a person. I was still developing my right. interests. I, I was just a wild card. I would say, like, middle school me was just a wild card. Like, I cared about school. Just a blur. <laughs> but yeah, I don't remember yeah. much about then. High school me, high school me didn't care, but I cared a lot about school. I would say in high school, I would say like, girl, chill, girl, girl, chill out. Like it, it's okay. You don't have to be, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to worry about your class rank or your whatever. Um, or college or more so because your mom instilled that kind of like education is going to be really important aspect or maybe a combination of both. I think it was for college, but also just because I liked to be, I liked to feel like I was on top of it compared to yeah. others. And that's, that's not, that's not a good quality. That's not necessarily like bad, but I would feel good if I knew like, oh, I'm, I'm at the top of my anatomy class, for example, Sanchez, shout Sanchez out. Sanchez um, <laughs> was a great teacher. Yeah, no, no, no. That was one that of my was, favorite classes. That was one of my, yeah, sure. no, for sure. And yeah. I don't know if we were in the same class, but like when San, when Sanchez was like, all right, Finn, good score. Like, okay, my, my <laughs> week, my week has been made. And, I told you you're a badass. <laughs> and, um, and it's like, yeah, no, you don't have to care about, about being the best in your class. You don't have to yeah. like try to write, like you can just be good for yourself. You don't be have to be the best student you can be. Yeah. You're not but trying like, to compare yourself. Like, yeah, like just, just stop comparing because I was comparing. Yeah. And I think part of it was, I didn't know I was going to community college yet. Once I knew I was going to community college, I kind of chilled out a little bit, yeah. <laughs> not going to lie. But was there another another stage? Um, and then like going into COC, what would you have told yourself? And then oh, going into Long Beach, what would you have told yourself? Going into COC, I, I've thought about this a lot. And this is what I would say to other students if they feel like, like, oh my gosh, like I'm embarrassed of community college or I, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing at. Like time goes by fast. Like I would have said like, girl, these two years are going to fly by. You're going to have fun. <laughs> like, just relax, you know, like yeah. you're in cross country and that's going to make, you know, make it like, a, like a good challenge. Like, like athletically, you're going to be challenged academically. Like community college isn't a walk in the park. So I would have said like, yes, living at home can be like sucky sometimes, but you know, you're going to look back fondly on community college, believe it or not. I would have, yeah. I would have been like, enjoy the time there. Even if it's not obvious, you will enjoy it. Yeah, like appreciate community college. Right. And going, going into, into Long, Beach? Long Beach. Hmm. I would have, I don't know. That one's tough because I, not to pat myself on the back, but like. You did it, basically. No, no, no. But, but like, <laughs> like I, jumping right into like connecting with my professors, that was a good move. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. Was a good, that was a good move that I did. Not going to lie. It's um, always a good move. <laughs> so 
I'm trying to think of like, mm, I think I would have just experienced more from college. I thought I was going to have two years, right? At Cal State Long Beach in, you know, right. in person, normal class. So are you talking about like partying? Or are you talking about? Um, no, just being more involved in like what the campus had to offer, what like yeah. Long Beach had to offer, because I kind of started to get very like, okay, I'm going to be in the library Sunday nights and I'm going to like go to this one coffee shop on Saturdays and I'm like going to see my friends maybe. But I got into this very rigid schedule of like working and school and working out and that's it yeah and it's like yeah I was doing good things for myself academically but I wish I had just taken chances to maybe join a club and actually be like part of a dance group because they had dance clubs and now I can't be in them because did you dance not, yeah um I started doing like salsa and bachata with friends. oh that's sick that's so cool yeah yeah but I <laughs> yeah um but like one thing like I wanted to do the folklorico club for example because I did folklorico yeah. for five years when I was a kid and I didn't do it why I don't know I also thought oh I want to <laughs> I thought oh I want to be in the swing dance club because I enjoy swing dancing did I join it no I thought oh. like you know you you make these things where you're like let me do that but then you get comfortable because you're like yeah. no what I'm doing is safe that's that's it so I would have said like yeah I, I made good choices for myself academically but i should have like just try to reach out and been like what else can i do to enrich my life yeah take this risks, is something, right? yeah like take risks but they're not even risks it's just more like just do fun stuff <laughs> yeah right yeah and that doesn't mean partying sorry i didn't mean it like that i meant like oh, no no yeah like doing things like like for example i'm in a bunch of clubs and it's a lot of you know managing and all of that but really it takes me away from my work and my research just for a little bit and i get that little breath of fresh air did i say that yeah right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> breath of fresh air yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then i feel like doing that it helps you you know you're kind of pulled away from what you love to do so mm -hmm. then like you still have fun but then you're kind of like okay like like i'm itching to get back to it also yeah, no exactly yeah, yeah but i wish i had just tried to experience a little bit more about like what quote unquote college is outside of classes and the usual yeah. yeah so where are you so your plan is to get into a master's or are you trying to get like a, a PhD I want to get a PhD eventually like that's what I'm planning now but mm -hmm. for my specialty in kinesiology it looks like you can try to go to a PhD program like right after um, your bachelor's. It's just a lot of schools, their requirements for your PhD application is that you have a master's. Mm -hmm. I'm applying to one school for their PhD just as a reach. And I don't know, like, like I, I don't know what to really expect, like, if I were to try to apply to more PhD programs. But right now, I'm looking at two schools in Canada that are, Ooh. yeah, that those two are like my tops, and they're master's programs. Okay. So... I would be, I'd be really excited to get into those schools. Advice to you and to everyone listening, you can still do what you did going into Cal State Long Beach with PhD programs, you know, like you can still reach out to these PIs and just ask like, hey, I'm interested in your research. And you never know, like they'll give you little tips and tricks to even get into the graduate programs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you want to keep doing what you're doing, Amanda. <laughs> I mean, I did reach out. I reached out to those two um, PIs from the Canada schools. So uh -huh. they got back to me. They said that like, they just need a, they just need to, for it to be a little bit closer to the deadline to let me know their availability because of COVID. But right. it felt really good to hear back from like, oh yeah. my gosh. Like, like they're interested. Dr. Yeah. yeah. Like Dr. So-and-so from Canada. Yeah. Like, I was, I was on <laughs> such Canada. a high, like, like I got yeah. the email back and I'm just like, oh my 
gosh. Right, like, right. Your heart like flutters. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's like, it's like they notice me. Like, yeah. It's like, it's like your people too? What? Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, they saw my email. Right. <laughs> yeah. As if they, as if like they can't see anything else on the internet. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah. it's just, it's like, whoa, I read their papers. Right. And they They're responded. Emailing. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's surreal I'm, for sure. Definitely like fangirling over you know, like your fr- like one of my friends was um, talking to like like a really like important figure in kinesiology, and and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> it's like you talked to me. No <laughs> We've turned into such nerds. It's not. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Cause I can relate to that. Hella, yeah. Rolling over like the academic advisors. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? Uh, yeah. Anyways, but more recently, how are you doing? How are you doing right now during this pandemic? Hey, how's the mental health doing? Um, how's your family doing? Like, just how are you doing? I find the very, like, very weird things funny. Like, like my humor. <laughs> it's like sanity and humor. I, I can't think of a relationship. You're, like, you're delirious the whole time. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, okay, the the more I the more I dance. Okay, so I take dancing breaks from writing or studying because it's like, okay, if I if I dance like really hard for like 10 minutes, I'll be happy to sit down and work again. So the there's like a direct linear relationship, I don't know, between like like delirium, like insanity, like the more I dance, the more insane I am. And and that started during COVID because I just had to do something from like being in home, like in the apartment. And I, I'm I'm dancing a lot. I'm gonna not gonna lie, <laughs> but it it feels good. It's like okay, whatever. Yeah. I'll just be goofy. No, but... it's funny because I'm the same exact way. Like I'm just goofy. You know, like I live yeah. with four other four other guys, and the other night I had a blender, and I I hit pulse, and I went like the wee will rocky like dun dunch, dun dunch, and out of nowhere. My friend Antonio, my best friend, he's like pounding on the table, just going dun dun, and we just started singing "We Will Rock You," and we were like, "What is going on right now?" Like we looked no, at each other after, and we just died laughing. <laughs> we're just like, we are losing our minds. <laughs> yeah, something that I did. This is just so I have a whiteboard, and I I write like weird like little memes or whatever on it, and. The one that's stuck for a little while is, this isn't even a meme. It's just a meme to me. But do you know, like, G-protein coupled receptors? GPCRs, yeah. Yeah. So I, I drew one, and I have the mechanism that it's, like, the mechanism Which that's supposed Which one? There's no, 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 no. It's not a real one. It's not a real one. Oh, oh I just, okay, okay. I, I just like the way it looks. So I drew okay, the... Fair, very fair. I drew the, what, the GPCR. And the, the mechanism, and yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so, so the mechanism it's leading to in a bubble is my will to live. So, <laughs> so I was thinking, like, okay, what is gonna set? What is gonna bind to the to, to the to the protein? What's gonna give me the will to live? And every few days, I write something. So the other day, it was uh, Shakira, like Shakira, Shakira, oh Shakira gives me the will to live, and that's the joke. <laughs> And I just make them and that's, that's so cool. That's what I think is funny. Like this is when like people are like No, that like, is genuinely funny. <laughs> that is no, actually funny. No, no, no. But like you have to be you have to be like kind of deranged like nerd to find that funny. Like <laughs> And that who do you think is listening to this right now? <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is a perfect audience. Like I can tell that too. Like, yeah. how am I supposed to, you know, just making small talk like, oh, what's that on your board? Like it's a GPCR. Uh, <laughs> it's a GPCR, bruh. Yeah. No, but like just, you know, like, I don't know. I'll make weird, 
weird like super super specific memes for like yeah. my my class material like stuff like that is what gives me joy and awesome. I, I have to have a very specific like friend just to send that to because <laughs> yeah. otherwise it's hey, like, you can send that to me now like i'll, I'll love to <laughs> no get no those. yeah I, I feel i feel i feel like the same like nerd vibes hell yes <laughs> so um what do you like you're majoring in micro uh, cellular and molecular biology. Oh, okay. Molecular with a public biology. health minor. Yeah. That's cool. So I love the, the different pathways, like GPCRs, uh, the, the IP3 pathway, the inositol phosphates, and all of that. So, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge nerd as well. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, I don't know those as well, because kinesiology yeah. isn't like, we're going to learn all the little, like, proteins. Right. It's more right. like, it's more like, okay, bro, like, what about creatine? <laughs> No, it's, it's, yeah, we learn like the science, but it's more like superficial. And if you want yeah. to learn research, you'll go into it. Right. So, and I am a cell and molecular emphasis, right? So yeah. of course I'll know, <laughs> I'll delve into that. Yeah, you, you would make like a way, way more intricate, like, <laughs> re like reference, like, like on that, you know, like, what's the, yeah. like, what's the molecular mechanism behind my, like, will to live or whatever. <laughs> yes. But anyways, yes. <laughs> so we're talking about all of these different issues, right? Weed out classes. Um, you talked about your counselor and all, I feel like that is actually pretty common, sadly, which is very disheartening to hear. But how do you think we can, um, I guess, diversify STEM and implement full inclusion initiatives and foster more supporting environments? I think it's, it's important to be able to see the same faces, the same backgrounds in your professors as, you know, the ones that you identify with. And even, you know, it's not, it's not the professor's fault if, you know, if they're white and if they, you know, support causes that are going to benefit their students. But I think it's important to like, make sure that if, you know, you have a, you have a black student or you have an LGBT student and what's going on in the world is something that could be like triggering or traumatizing to them. Like just check in like, Hey, like, you know, I, I read about this law that got passed, like, like if you're comfortable sharing, yeah. like, is that affecting you or your family? Do you need any like support. extra support? Do you need like an extension on this work? The research program that I'm in, the build program, they've been really good about like, they've given us some, some extensions on deadlines if they wanted to give us the chance to spend a day like reflecting about uh, black issues or about like how academia can improve in I love that. Um, and incorporating, you know, like, like underrepresented groups. Right. And just like an example, one of my, or my OCHEM professor, like he's not a, as far as I can tell, he's not a minority group, but one of the days of class, um, Cal State Long Beach was like, oh, so like, if you want, you can like cancel your class. And that'll be the reason for you to like reflect on, um, on, I think it was like racial uh, injustices mm -hmm. and it was OCHEM and he didn't cancel the class, but he said like, okay, like at the start of class, you know, here's a link to all these resources. And if you guys want to participate in these things, like you can do this. So I think like, like professors should just be aware of how to help and how to like reach out to the students, but still keep in mind, like, you know, to be appropriate, like you don't, you know, you don't get to just ask like, hey, like, you're gay, like, do, does this blah, 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 like, it's like, no, no, don't no. Don't tokenize like, people. Yeah, 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 you know, and don't, don't try to either, or don't also try to, like, virtue signal, like, gaslight? No, like, like, where they're like, 
oh, like, check me out. I'm, I'm educating myself. It's like, yes. Just, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, doing, I don't know the word. like where you do something to try to get other people to like you more, like, let it come from performative. a genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like performative actions. Just like, let it come from a natural place. Yeah. Also. So, a place of compassion. <laughs> yeah, like, right. it can take yeah. time. Like, you, you know, it might be difficult, but I think moving forward, like, professors should be aware like some people might have different gender pronouns or right. you know just other things that are so easy to accommodate like, is that why you want to be a professor is this kind of like your motivation or um no i i don't know why i want to be a professor but <laughs> i've heard from people that i'm pretty approachable and you are like <laughs> no but it's like i don't even mean to try to like, like, I just like helping my friends in school. And sometimes people will ask me for help. And it's just like, yeah, sure. Like, as long as somebody is like, genuinely asking me something, I'll, I'll put in 110% to try to explain it to them. And I don't like to give up on them until I'm like, convinced, like, you don't just tell me like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Like, no, 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 like, I, I'm gonna sit there and like, keep grilling you like, no, 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 show me this, show me that. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, if I can care like that, I feel like I would care for a class that, you know, maybe about like physiology, for example, I would care to teach students that are, you know, really interested in taking this class and using it in their future. So I wouldn't want to be like a teacher, like an elementary school or like high school teacher. But I think for a professor, like if you're doing something more specialized, I would like that. Who knows, maybe down the road, we can like collab on like a project or something. Dude, let's collab. <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> but, um, but I think it's very admirable that um, you do want to be a professor and you have that kind of mentality towards learning and being a good mentor. But what, uh, is there anyone else, anything else you want to talk about before I get into mm. the fun questions? This has all been fun. What are you talking about? <laughs> very empowering. So inspirational. <laughs> um, how is the support from your family because as you said like it was they were pretty apathetic for some time in your life but what's that looking like now my dad is very supportive and he's gotten more supportive there was a time when i was in community college and i like like i we were talking about like who we voted for for like not a presidential election i wasn't old enough but for like a smaller election and it was like oh my gosh like i voted for a democrat and it was like no and like <laughs> you know it kind of became awkward but yeah then now he's more accepting like he'll just be like he told me one day like out of nowhere just like oh he educated himself about white privilege and i was like what wait what <laughs> like sure dude dad. <laughs> and i was like oh dad but he's, he's gotten more hey, I'm like, <laughs> but he's gotten he's gotten like our relationship has gone better for sure and That's he's good. more not necessarily more supportive but he just likes to talk and hear more about stuff now my siblings you know they're siblings it's kind of like i go they haven't seen me in months it's just like Hey. It's up. <laughs> Same with my siblings too. Yeah, he's a one's a uh, gonna be a freshman at Valencia, and like yeah. we just do not see eye to eye right now. And obviously, it's because of the age difference. But it's like, what's up, yeah. dude? And they just yeah. go back upstairs. I know they like. I'm like, hi. Oh my gosh. Like I'm like, I miss you. My brother's like, okay. Oh. And then he just goes away. And I'm like, dude, yeah. no. Like, dude, I missed you. Come on, come back. And I, and I try to be like a mentor sometimes. You know, like you're like hey, like, I can give you tricks on, you know, on, like, college stuff. And they're just right. like, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like dude, I, I, what? <laughs> I would have loved to have an older sibling telling me that. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, you don't know. 
You don't yeah, know exactly, what exactly. out on. Hey, they'll come running back. Don't worry. They'll come running back. <laughs> they'll come running back, and I might not even be in the country, so... Ooh. That's, that's their fault. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I'll be out of the country. Ooh. No, but... Oh, no, I, I'm sure we're going to speak it into existence. Don't worry. Speak it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it will happen. Yeah. But, oh, oh, I guess one thing is, like, do you ever watch Midnight Gospel? It's what a Netflix show. It's a show on Netflix. Okay, I really like Netflix, it. Netflix, who dat? I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> no, um, it's a Netflix show, and it's, like, really weird. Like, okay, it's it's kind of like a podcast, but so imagine, like, or, like, whatever we said in this podcast recorded, but then somebody animates, like, this crazy adventure with these two people that are talking, and it has nothing to do with what they're saying. So it's kind of like you're watching this thing play out, and it's like, oh, whoa, like, they're in an ocean, and then, like, this crocodile came, but they're talking about you know, like death and like Buddhism or whatever. It's, it's cool. I would say check Wait, it that's out. Wait, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. What's it called? Uh, Midnight Gospel. Midnight Gospel? All yeah, right. I'll, I'll tune in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I actually will. I'll text you. I'll be like, huh, this is interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but okay. One of the episodes, I was kind of talking about like life, death. Like it was just like, it's really sad and people kind of are like, oh, it's sad. But to me, it's more inspirational than sad. And I was just going to bring up like, this is just something I guess I haven't really had an excuse to talk about, but I feel like it's important for some people. So a lot of us who are kids of immigrants, we have like a really strong connection to one of our family members. And, you know, maybe they grew up in our, in the home country and they're just like, oh, come on. Like, you know, you got to succeed. You got to succeed. And they're just giving you so much good advice. And, you know, you're always thinking like, oh, grandma or like mom or whoever, like, you know, what would I do without them? And there is, you know, for some of us, a time in your life when you have to live without them, they are either out of your life for, you know, like death or for other reasons, but, you know, maybe your connection with them has been severed. And I just wanted to offer the advice that you, you can still like use that good positive energy that you shared with that person and use it as like motivation to keep going, to keep, you know, with your career, with your life goals. But it's okay to feel like down, like it's okay to be, you know, on top of your game in front of everyone, but behind closed doors, you know, you're, you're going to therapy or you're, you know, doing everything in your power to stay, stay strong. You don't have to, you know, just be a facade, like all, like have this facade on all the time. And it's really hard when, you know, you're an immigrant or you're a kid of an immigrant or you have, you know, a person in your life that's gone to just try to like, like rekindle that fire that you had that, you know, Mm -hmm. may have been started by them. So I just wanted to say, like, don't forget the good, the good times, the good messages that you had with this person that's now out of your life. But also like, make sure that you self-care because This is something like, you know, you said it seemed like I had everything under control when I was a junior or senior in high school. I did have things under control, but I was also handling and processing that trauma. And it wasn't an easy or a quick thing to do, but just like finding people to talk to or going to therapy or like starting a good productive hobby for me, which was running, but whatever it could be just, you know, you can be on top of things, but you still have to be on top of your mental health. And I think that's something like everyone, especially during COVID, you know, you can still 
you can still do great things despite tragedies or despite like uncertain circumstances, but you want to also be in a good, happy place mentally. You don't want to have to turn to drugs or, you know, turn to things that will give you, will give you a, a reward, but just a temporary reward. So it's always important to try to process what's, what's happened to you while you continue moving forward. Or you can dance around in your living room. Yeah, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. 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 No, but what I've found is like, no, that was awesome because what I found is the best leaders, in my opinion, aren't usually the ones that have that facade, right? Like I, I'd much rather see someone, I'd rather see, like, I don't want to say I'd rather see someone struggle, but I'd rather see someone vulnerable, right? Yeah. I want to know how they're feeling so that like, I know it can happen to them too. Yeah, right? yeah. Like you don't have to carry a facade all the time, you know, so... I think as a professor and you knowing that you're going to be a great professor. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Sorry. I'm I'm a cheesy person. (laughs) Like, but I mean, I like wholeheartedly mean it. It's all Um, good. It's all good. Okay. You ready for some fun questions? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right after this interview, let's say you're about to go dancing around in your living room um, to get ready for work, get ready for studying, okay? What song are you putting on? I'm putting on Electro Swing, but I don't have a particular song in mind. I just love Electro, I don't know if you've heard, I don't know if you've heard Electro Swing, but it's like jazzy, but there's also kind of like a little bit of dubstep in there too. And- So it's like upbeat, just- Yeah, (laughs) so it's kind of like, like you can like shuffle or you could do like, like Charleston, like you, you just do whatever. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's just fun, and then it's also good studying music. So I don't even have to like switch music. No, I love that. Oh, that's cute. Okay, yeah, yeah. another question. So I know that we both had a twenty-one pilot stage. Oh, I didn't know that about you. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I only knew that about you because a lot of your posts were just 21 pilots and I was really <laughs> excited because like someone else was also into them. I was just, again, like I was just too scared to like say something. Dude, don't even like 21 <laughs> pilots was like, oh, like I cried. Okay, I went to two concerts. The first concert I went to, I cried at every <laughs> song except one. Like I think stressed out. Stressed out, I don't think I cried. Every other song, like it'd be like, oh like the first like 0. 0.000 seconds of the song, 0. 0.0001 seconds. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, just like, no. yeah. Aww. Anyways. Okay. But if you could choose five songs between Blurry Face, Vessel, did they have one before Vessel? No, right? Yeah, they have like, titled. Yeah, and the self titled. Yeah, yeah. Which five would you choose? Entrench. Entrench, yes. Sorry. <laughs> oh wait. She's a real fan of five songs. <laughs> um, okay, five Migraine. Songs. Oh yeah, no no no. No, my yeah, migraine. <laughs> wait, okay. I'm I'm okay. Migraine. Trees? Is that one of them? Yeah, that but one's... I wouldn't pick that one. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I hope. <laughs> oh no 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 no. Um um shoot shoot. The the song about uh, a car radio. Okay, car radio. Car radio. Okay, car radio, I knew you were gonna like, say that. <laughs> I go hard every time. Car radio. So car radio and migraine from Vessel, and then from Trench. You're gonna go three. Oh, I thought you're gonna go three. Blurry no, face. So, I was like, no. really? <laughs> I'm gonna pick two two vessels. So that was a uh, car radio and migraine. migraine from Trench. I have two. I would pick. Uh, what was it? What was it? Chlorine and 
uh, Bandito. We have very similar tastes in music. Bandito. Bandito for sure. Like that song, yeah. like I'm just like, ooh. And then <laughs> one song from Blurry Face. It we would have, have to be Message Man. Message oh, that's a great uh, Message Man. I like Message Man. Okay. And when I learned the rap, like I was just like, oh. <laughs> I want to hear you rap it, Loki. <laughs> I, I don't it's remember okay, it. Okay. I don't remember it anymore. I just remember <laughs> I learned it for the concert. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Also, I do want to thank you for this interview. I want to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, here we go. Ready? Yeah. If you had one week to live, <laughs> what during would you COVID? do? During COVID or no? <laughs> yes. No, no, that's too no, hard. No, that's no, no, way no. too hard. That's uh, way too hard. <laughs> during pre, COVID? Pre-pandemic. Because if we said like post-pandemic, or it's not even post. That's something I Present think is funny. pandemic Because I, I said like post-COVID. Like I was like, so post Oh, it's not post yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, pre-pandemic, if I had a week to live, um, That's seven days. What? Oh, uh, I would. I would go to. I would go to Europe. I've never been to Europe. Okay. I would go to Europe, but I can't think of what I would do. But I would. No countries in particular. Spain. I don't even. Low key, don't know my geography. High key, I, don't know my geography. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to go to Europe. I don't know what's in Europe. <laughs> I would go to. What is like a like Sweden, like, like Sweden? a fun, like a fun country, <laughs> like, like, like uh, Denmark, Copenhagen. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. like, like a chill, like, like a chill, happy country. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever I think I, of like Europe, I always, I, I don't know why I always think of um, Niall Horan and like one direction for, I don't know why for some reason, or like Louis Capaldi. I don't know if you listen to those artists, but no, yeah, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was my last question. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving me a platform or however. Yeah. You know, of course these yeah. conversations need to be had, man, especially in science. I'm tired yeah. of people being so discouraged. It's not fair. Yes. It's time for some good vibes. The loser hides behind a mask of my disguise. And who I am today is worse than other times. You don't know what I've done. I'm wanted and on the run. I'm wanted and on the run. So I'm taking this moment to live in the future. Release me from the present. I'm obsessed. I hope you all enjoyed Amanda's story just as much as I did. Up next, we have Manuel Marqueda III, who is an architectural engineer. He's a member of the LGBTQ community and grew up in the Philippines and came to the U.S. for grad school. Thanks for tuning in.